Welcome to the very first episode of the Essential Life Lessons Podcast. My name is Goovy. I'm so excited to be here with you and this has been such a long time coming. I've been thinking about doing a podcast for years and now it's finally here. Can you believe it? Six years in the making and we finally did it. I'm actually sitting here in the studio recording this podcast and I'm so excited to talk to all of you, to do life with you all and to share all of my monumental life lessons with you guys. And you know, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for inviting me into your lives as you run errands, as you drive to work, as you head into uni, as you just live your best life or simply sit in the comfort of your home to tune in. I appreciate every single one of you listeners. Your support means the world to me and I hope that my life lessons can empower you to, ne- to navigate s- similar situations effortlessly and in so doing, living your best life in your highest possible timeline. I also want to introduce myself to those of you that are hearing my voice for the first time. My name is Goovy, as I said, and I think I just need to give you guys a little bit of a background of who I am. First and foremost, I'm a football TV presenter and a journalist. I'm a professional athlete. I play netball and I've got a BTEC in information technology. I've got a BTEC in business administration. I've done English literature and uh, most importantly, I've done broadcast media in two different aspects, visual and audio. So I think I've got some knowledge to share with you guys. And I think the knowledge that I share might be able to empower you in so many ways. Additionally, every single episode is going to be filled with actionable takeaways that you can constantly apply to your life in any given moment, whether using a script, whether reciting it in in your mind or whether just simply quieting down and just listening to the podcast and with the hopes of taking something in and some of the stuff is science-backed some are just you know lessons that I just learned along the way and uh, some other information is IT based and so forth but as we progress you will see what I mean and I genuinely hope that the things that I share will really empower you in the best possible manner. Every single week, I'm going to take you behind the scenes into my life in real time. I know it sounds hectic, but I think authenticity is the best policy. And speaking about authenticity, you guys do not understand what I went through today to just get this podcast recorded. I actually went through the most. (laughs) I actually didn't even think there was going to be an episode today, but we've done it. We are here. And um, but that's another life lesson. Perseverance is key and, you know, one should never, ever give up. So I think, you know, today's episode was just for me to introduce myself and just to give you guys a little bit of a teaser of what's to come. And I think the topic that I chose today is perfect because Valentine's Day is around the corner and I know people are either excited or stressed, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So today I'm just going to be speaking about matters of the heart, you know, with regards to platonic friendships and relationships. And I really hope the things that I share will help you guys in some way. And so I think before I even start this topic, I need to share a little bit of a story with you guys. Some of you guys are probably going to be shocked. Others will probably laugh and others will just be like, "Hmm, okay, interesting. 
So back in 2019, I literally just sat down and I was like, oh my goodness. I looked at my life and I was like, this is horrible. This is actually horrible. So many things that happened that just led me to a point where I think I just was not happy with what I was seeing and I did not like the person that I became. So I said, something needs to change. And I think the change that happened was so drastic. I think it was like such a shock to, to my system. I, I, I was like, what was I thinking when I actually did what I'm going to tell you guys now? So life forced me to move out of Namibia. And I moved to the United Kingdom, to England. And I got here when it was cold. I think I got here in October. And it was freezing. So imagine coming from a warm climate to an absolutely cold place. I didn't know anybody at all. I literally arrived here with one suitcase and a little bit of perseverance in me. At the moment, I think, at that moment in time, I think I felt like going back home. I was like, oh my goodness, like what was I thinking? Coming here, it's freezing. I don't know anybody. The culture is so different, you know, compared back to uh, back home in Namibia where it's such a warm climate and people are so welcoming. And, you know, it's just, it's home. But in any case, that's that's what life is. Situations will really force you to make drastic changes. And I made that change for myself. It was a decision that I took to just say, you know what? I didn't like who I became. I didn't like the environment that I was in. I also couldn't remain in that environment because it traumatized me a lot. And I needed to do something to help myself. So I had two questions. Do I sit here and while and feel sorry for myself and shrink? Or do I just man up and go get them? And that's what, that's actually what I did. So that is the background. And if you can imagine, I got to the UK just before lockdown. So I hadn't made any friends. Uni was online. I was living in Liverpool. So just imagine, I think the small one of the smallest towns in, in the UK. And I just didn't know anything or anybody. And I, I think that I think the first night that I sat in my in my hotel room, I was just like, oh, my goodness, what was I thinking? <laughs> and how am I going to survive? But I got through it. I got through it and I pushed through. And I think that night in the hotel room was a trigger for me because that was the night where I got to the realization and I was like, something has to change. And I need to make sure that I'm never, ever in this scenario ever again in my life. I never, ever want to be stuck in a foreign country by default because I was traumatized and because I had faced situations. And I never, ever want to be in a place where I have to restart my life from scratch ever again without any sense of security, without any sense of support. And I think that was probably the best thing that happened to me. So... If you can just imagine w what I went through, foreign country, freezing temperatures, lockdown, COVID, and you just know absolutely no one. You don't know where to start. But anyway, it actually worked out. And I think it was the best decision that I ever made for myself. But I think I only came to the realization that it was the best decision after four years. <laughs> the first three years were literally, I think it was either swim or sink. Anyway. So now I'm going to jump into what I'm going to talk to you guys about. 
I just shared that story so that you guys can see where I'm coming from and what forced me to change in actual fact. So the first thing that I did was self-discovery because if I can sit there and say, I don't like who I am, I don't like the way I behave, I don't like the things that I'm attracting into my life, I don't like where my career is at the moment and I didn't like the mindset that I had as well because that was affecting everything and I asked myself, how am I going to go on a self-discovery journey and how am I going to help myself heal? And I think the very first thing that I did was therapy. So I did CBT therapy, which is behavioral therapy, and it teaches you basically how to manage your emotions in certain settings. And then I did talk therapy just so that I can release whatever I'd been carrying for years. And after that, I think those two years that I spent in therapy helped me so much because then I was ready to now go on a self-discovery journey. And there's so much power in discovering yourself because I think it's so difficult to even get to know other people or to even have a normal relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's, um, you know, a school relationship, like a, your acquaintance or your colleagues or your teammates or whatever, if you don't know yourself. There's so much power in getting to know yourself because once you know who you are, it's very much easier to navigate life situations. And I'll make an example. You know, when you have a relationship with yourself, you know your triggers, you know what takes you off, you know what you would like, you know what you would need. And when you see a situation that either triggers you or that isn't what you want, it's so easy to recognize that this is actually not for me. It's painful, but I'm going to let this go because in the long run, this is going to harm me in some manner. And that is the power of self-discovery. And I'm going to give you guys a very little gem that I think is so, I think you, you guys are probably not going to believe what I'm going to ask you now. So I'm going to ask you a question. If I wake you up right now at three in the morning and I ask you to do the one thing that you can do effortlessly, excellently, what would that one thing be? And that is how you start your journey to self-discovery because the one thing that you can do without preparation at any given time effortlessly is your calling and is your area of gifting. And once you have that, you can now start discovering yourself more and, un and unfolding different layers of yourself. Because I think a lot of us take our career paths and all of that as an anchor to everything else. So once you discover where you're meant to go in life, you can now start unpacking other layers of yourself. And how you can get to this point is not only asking that question, but that is the, the ripple effect. That is the beginning. Because if you can sit with yourself and ask yourself, what am I actually good at? Number one, and not only good at, but what do I really enjoy? What do I really enjoy doing? And once you answer that question, that is the thing that you can turn into a monetary value. Because if you can sing effortlessly or produce music effortlessly, or write a script effortlessly, or speak effortlessly on any topic, it's easy to, to know which direction your life is heading. And there's a book that I'm going to recommend that you guys can, can read that will really help you on that path. It's a book by Eckhart Tolle, and it's called The Power of Now. And that book goes into depth of how to really discover yourself, 
how to really get to know yourself and just getting to a point where you are so secure within yourself that you can now make decisions quickly and effortlessly and once you know yourself it's so easy to heal from things i'll make an example if you meet a person could be a friend or romantic interest or whatever after three months you might now get start getting to know the person then you're like hmm i don't really like how this person either treats me or they're not the right fit for me or i'm not the right fit for for them and it's easy for you to let go of that relationship without wallowing in sorrow obviously you're going to be in some sort of pain because any person that is in your life for a certain amount of period of time you get attached to but because you know yourself you know that this is detrimental to you in the long run so you would nip it in the bud quickly and move on and i think sometimes when people hear i'm cutting off this person and i'm not talking to this person i don't think that's how we are to move away from relationships it's just basically to say okay we'll always be mates we'll always be cool but i don't think we'll be cool to a sense where you can come and sit in my house I don't think we'll be cool in a sense where if you call me at midnight, I'll answer the phone. I don't think we're cool in a sense of where you can list me as your next of kin. But do shout me if you ever need me. I might still come through for you to get what I mean. But you're just not going to be my personal space. And that is how much power of self, that's, that is how much power self-discovery carries. So that's a book that I'm going to recommend the power of now it's it's a it's a book by Eckhart and if you don't want to read that book because i'm i'm sure someone's listening like oh my goodness you actually want me to read a whole book <laughs> yes go and read the book but if you don't want to read the book take out a piece of paper on the one side write down everything you love doing don't think about whether you can do it effortlessly don't think about whether you can do it at midnight don't think about whether you make money from it just write down things that you really love doing and that you really enjoy doing and that bring out the best in you. And you can start with small things like cooking, cleaning, drawing, scripting, whatever it is that you that you love. And then on the other side, write down things that you are doing now that you don't enjoy. So I'll make an example. If you're at university at the moment and you're enrolled in a course, and every time when you sit in all of your classes, not one class, you're looking at the time. Like, oh my goodness, when is this lecture ending? That is a question mark because why are you irritated in the place that is supposed to catapult you to your best self? I mean, universities is, is access to wealth in, in, in the near future. So if you're sitting in all of your classes, not one class, because I know we all have that one class where we're just like, oh my days, when, when is this lecture ending? <laughs> But if you are irritated the whole day in uni, that is a question mark. If you're in a job, and guys, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I understand that sometimes you will take jobs because you've got bills to pay and all of these things. But I'm saying when you get to a point where you've now graduated, you maybe have a degree and you are maybe in a position where you can now look for the kind of job that you love. The current job that you have, ask yourself, how do I feel every day when I go into the office? How do I really feel? Am I excited in the morning when I wake up? Or do I sit and think, oh my goodness, I have to talk to Stevie today. Oh, and Mary's going to ask me something. You know what? I just, I, let me just come up with something. I'm not going to work today. <laughs> then you have to ask yourself another question. What is it there that is irritating you? And you write those things down in a piece of paper. 
and you look at both sides. And on the one side, you obviously th- see things that are not for you. And on the other side, you'll, th- you'll see things that are for you. And the next step that you'll take, you, you get another piece of paper and you write down, how can I now get to the place where I feel fulfilled every single morning? Where you get to a place where you wake up in the morning, even if you have a flu and you're like, I don't care. I don't want to miss out. You know, I don't want to miss out on my lecture. I don't want to miss out on the report that is due today or the board meeting that I have to attend today. I don't want to miss out on my happy customers at my business. I don't want to miss out at my football game because I play for this football club. Or I don't want to miss out because I've got a TV show to present. Or I don't want to miss out because I've got, you know, kids to teach. And that is the first step to self-discovery. And please remember, these lists are going to constantly change. I draw up that list every six months. And I always draw up that list when I start feeling some type of way. So if I'm in a job or I'm in a course or whatever and I'm starting to feel some type of way, I would do that list because that list is not only a reflection of that environment, but that list is also a a reflection of what is going on on the inside of me. Because if you write down something on a piece of paper and you say, okay, why am I always irritated in in my uni classes? Is the lecturer that I'm irritated with? Is it the work that I don't understand? Is it the classroom that I don't like? Or am I just an an, an unhappy person? So those are questions that you sit with. And don't rush this process. Don't do this on your way to work quickly or when you're from the gym. Or No, you need to do this when you're in your happiest vibes. So if you go out to dinner and you have, you've had dinner or if you've cooked your nice meal or if you've gone to the spa for the day, you know, when you're just in your most positive vibes, that's when you do this list because it shouldn't be something that you rush. And this list is also not something that you'll complete in a day because you'll think about a few things today and you wake up the next day, you look at it again and you're like, but actually, I actually like playing guitar as well. I really enjoy that. And I always feel good after I play guitar. So that is a tip for everyone that was going to ask me, you actually want me to read a book. <laughs> and another thing that I'll also say, the thing with books is it gives you time to absorb information and in your own time, because sometimes you read a chapter And you think about that chapter and you read another chapter and you read another chapter or you read a chapter and you go to the next chapter and it will mention the previous chapter and you actually go back to it. And it gives your your brain time to process. And if you don't like reading physical books, audiobooks are also really cool. And then once you've completed this process, you now know yourself a little bit more. You are aware of the direction that your life should take. You know yourself a little bit more. And another exercise that I'm going to give you as well is make a list of things that you're currently experiencing within yourself. So write down on the one page, what are the things that are making me unhappy at the moment? What are the things that I could change? If God could enter my room right now and sit down and ask me, I'll I'll grant all your wishes, what would I change today instantly? Or if someone would walk in and say, I'll give you a million pounds today, you can do anything what would it be and you write down that list because that will show you where you are emotionally and mentally so you do one positive and one negative and that will also just give you a highlight of how you are doing and I like doing these lists especially the one about the emotions just also to check in with myself because sometimes life is such a rush uni work kids rushing 
mates hanging out eating like you know it's just one constant cycle that we don't even have time for ourselves we don't check in with ourselves the only time that you actually you know that story where they say you don't know how badly something has affected you until you tell your friend <laughs> like sometimes you'll go through something and you'll think you're okay you know like you're at home like okay i got this i'm good and then the next day your mate will ask you so what happened with this situation and then you actually tell the story and then you like get teary-eyed and you're like oh my goodness like this is actually bad and then the look on your friend's face is also like mate you've been through the most what the hell <laughs> so that is also a way to just check in with yourself and once you know yourself you begin to like yourself more because you become become more patient with yourself so if you have a list for example and on your list you wrote i'll, I'll take the emotional ones and you ask yourself how am i feeling at the moment and you say irritable and after you write irritable, but why? And then you say, ooh, bills are pi- piling up. Relationship is in the ghetto. Uh, my friends and I are just not getting on or whatever the situation is. Then you can ask yourself, how can I help myself now in this situation? Okay. Then you take it from there. Your bills are piling up. So what can you do now with your bills? Make arrangements. Having a relationship issue, what are you going to do? Sort it out. Behind with your uni work, what are you going to do? Go and speak to your lecturers, ask for an extension, ask for help. If you must, buy the assignment. Don't go do that, guys. It's just an example. (laughs) But basically, just how are you going to help yourself? And at the end of the day, I think it's so important to get to a place where you don't sit in a situation that you just don't do anything about. So once you write up these lists and you see things that that you don't like, that you really like to change, make a plan don't sit in sorrow forever don't sit in anguish forever don't sit in fear forever don't remain in a situation that is just not changing because that is just going to make things worse and these things lead to a lot of other things that you don't want like your health and all of these things so do this list every six months check in with yourself how you're doing emotionally and how you're doing in your career And everything that you don't like, ask yourself, okay, how are we going to make this better? And the power of the list that I've learned is sometimes it's so difficult to talk about something. It's so difficult to tell someone that this is how I'm feeling. But when you're writing on a piece of paper, you can't lie. You can't sugarcoat anything. You can't hide anything because it's you. You can't lie to yourself. So obviously, if you're writing there like, hey, mate, I I feel... I don't feel okay or I feel like my mind is playing Jedi mind tricks on me or I feel like (laughs) I'm about to lose my mind. You are honest with yourself and that is a sense of release. And you will see that after you write these things on a piece of paper, the next day you're going to wake up lighter because whatever you've been carrying with you is out, is gone. And that that can also be a sense of release. And another thing that I really love doing is I write, I always, if I've had a bad day, in the evening before I sleep, I will journal. So I'll write about my day, say, oh my goodness, this happened, this, 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 so that I can release whatever negativity is in me and I can sleep peacefully. Because if you carry that into your sleep, you wake up with it the next day. Your mind doesn't delete it miraculously. No, it doesn't. It will store it there. It might put it in the back end in another folder and it will come out when someone aggravates you. (laughs) But if you talk about it in your own personal time and you journal about it, it's gone. And this is going to take me over to the next segment where I'm going to talk about the mind. 
the reason why I spoke about releasing things is because things that you don't deal with, that you carry in you, affect your mindset. I'll make a very easy example. If you're in a job where you have a boss that constantly talks down on you, that doesn't believe in you, that just really just makes you feel unworthy or um, incompetent, what do you think is going is that situation going to do to your brain? You're going to get to a stage where you become insecure, where you actually forget your, your capabilities, and that is going to pour out into all other areas in your life. Because once you become insecure in something that gives you a sense of stability, it destabilizes everything. And I've made a promise to myself. I will never remain in a situation for longer than I should unless I have to if I don't have to. So if I'm if 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 I'm friends with someone or I'm currently embarking on a course or whatever and it's detrimental to my mental health, I'm either going to try to find a different something and that is making a plan and then move on, or I'm just going to drop it immediately if it's something that I can do. But I'm I've made a promise to myself where I will help myself in any way possible. And because when you don't do these things, you're actually telling your subconscious brain that you are unworthy or that you are incapable of having a good good experience in different things. So it's so important to always evaluate yourself. How are you feeling? How are things affecting you? Because if you don't do that, all these things are stored in your brain. And your subconscious mind controls everything. I'll make an example. If you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, I don't feel good today. Oh my goodness, I'm just, I just can't, like, oh, I just don't feel good. What do you think is going to happen that day? You're going to have a rubbish day. That is what, what is going to happen. But if you wake up and you're pumped and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm excited. Like, yes, I'm going to uni today or I'm going wherever. You will have the most fantastic day. It's, it's crazy how one simple click in the morning, de- like, really determines your entire day. And that's how the subconscious brain works. Every time you don't unpack things that you're going through, it will store it in a folder and when someone triggers you or when something happens that's, that's triggering, then you will deal with it. Because another thing about the subconscious brain is it has folders and it will really store stuff for you. Your, your brain loves you. It will put things in folders, some in other folders. Sometimes it will put things in archives and it will, it will be there dormant for like a year, two, three, four, five years. But what your subconscious brain will do eventually is force you to deal with with the situation. Because you know what's going to happen. It's going to get you to a point where you attract everything that keeps on triggering you. And you're going to be so triggered until you get to a breaking point. And then you're going to be forced to just open up. And that's why breakups and, and things like that are so triggering. Because you're not only dealing with your breakup. No. You're not only dealing with someone running away or even with a job. You're not only dealing with your, your job loss. Because if you realize, when you're sad, you start remembering everything. <laughs> now you start remembering how so-and-so sp- a person spoke to you a year ago. And then you start remembering how your boss from your previous job just told you that you're worthless. And, you, and then you're going to start remembering um, how someone maybe was emotionally abusive to you. That's the power of the brain because it will force you to deal with something because it loves you. It wants you to be happy. It wants you to be at peace. It wants you to be free. So the mind is so powerful. Use that little exercise. Check in with yourself. And if you really still don't feel okay, speak to someone. Psychologists are such great people. And I think the advantage now is everything is online. So if you don't want to physically go there, 
book a session online. I know with the UK, NHS has a free self-referral that you can do. I know Namibia also has a service. I know South Africa also has a service. I know, I think in every country, you should be able to get mental health care um, that is obviously state-funded in some way, but it's a way to help yourself. But I've also now seen that a lot of psychologists are also just in their free time offering like maybe one free session or maybe like two, three free sessions and things like that because I think everybody now after COVID is just trying to help. But if you actively go online and do research, you should be able to find something. So yeah, I'm just going to recap on that. Form a relationship with yourself. Get to know yourself. And always try to help yourself in any, in any possible manner. If you see something you don't like, make a plan. Change it. You're not stuck. You're not a tree. You're not glued, super glued to something. Something's not working, sort it out. And if you don't, these things go and sit in your subconscious mind and it will pour out in other areas which we don't want. So now once you've formed a relationship with yourself, I think another important factor is forming a relationship with source because everything I feel in life is energy, frequency and spiritual to a certain extent. And I'm going to say this in respect to everybody's religion. It can be whatever you believe in. So if you believe in energy, if you believe in God, you know, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, that's what I believe in or whatever your religion is. You really need to go and understand who those people are and in to, to what magnitude can they help you because you do need additional help. Like sometimes you feel things are fate, but it's, it's, it's a divine assistance. I'll make an example um, for those that I believe everything is energy when you're genuinely a good person like you know you really try to be a good person every time you have a situation where you need someone to help you help will come miraculously so I'll make a small example so maybe you're in a parking lot you forgot your wallet and you need to pay for for the parking ticket someone might just come in and you're like oh my goodness and you're stressing and the person will be like what's what's wrong no I need to pay for the parking ticket and they'll be like oh no 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 it's fine I'll take care of it or you go to a restaurant and someone will just randomly take care of your bill. But is why does that happen? That is the power of source. But you need to learn the source. You need to go and study the source. And you need to go and understand how do you tap into the source. Because you're going to need added help. Even if you have discovered yourself and you know yourself. You know how to make a plan of course. You're still going to need a divine covering. The same with God. I think... It took me probably seven years to really understand who God is and understand what he wants from me as a person and how he can help me and how he does things and why he does those things. Because if you don't do that, you end up blaming source for things. So if you don't understand who God is, how he operates, you get angry when you don't get what you want. But if you understand who God is, you understand that there's a purpose why things happen. I'll make an example. Sometimes you really want a new house and you've been applying for a bond. You've, you know, you've done everything and then you've even resorted to now probably trying to get the house cash, but it's just not happening. And you try and you try and you try and there's just resistance and you're like, oh my goodness, what is actually going on? <laughs> I've been trying to buy a house for a whole year. <laughs> I've got left the whole bond situation. I'm now I'm doing a cash. I still can't find the house that I like. What on earth? And then just when you give up, you're like, you know what? It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll chill in my apartment. I give up. I quit. I'm done. Because this house clearly doesn't want me. And then you know what happens? 
you get a job relocation offer. Now imagine if you got that bond, put a down payment on that house, and then your boss walks into the office and says, I want to give you a promotion. And not just one level up, five levels up. I'm going to take you from supervisor to maybe general manager. But the catch is I want you to work in Singapore. And maybe Singapore is a country you've always wanted to go to. And then you're like, yes, no problem. And then they'll tell you, okay, we'll give you a company house, all of that. But now imagine if the house that you've been trying to buy for the whole year went through, what were you going to do? You wouldn't have been able to take that job because now you have a bond that you can't get out of because it's too fresh. You might now probably have to find a tenant to stay in the house. Just a lot of complications and that is why I say it's so important to understand source. Because if you understood source, you would have gone back and prayed about it. Because when you see, when you can see there's a resistance in something, sometimes you just need to pause and be like, okay, there's probably a reason why this isn't happening. Let me go back and pray and say, God, I've been trying to purchase this house. Or I've been trying to submit this application for uni. Or I'm just not getting accepted at any university. Or I'm not getting accepted for a car. Or I'm trying to date and I just can't find, you know, dateable people <laughs> that I like. <laughs> but then you ask. And the answer will then come to you. And God is not like some woo-woo voice that you just hear like, yes, do that. No, that's not how God answers you. You know, when you, you know how God answers prayers? When you pray about something, the answer doesn't come in that moment that you're praying. God answers by planting an idea in your head. Or by planting an idea in someone else's head that is an answer to, to your prayer. So I'll make an example. So you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I've got a bill of £1,500 that I need to pay in a month's time. That I'm clearly not going to pay because I don't have the money. <laughs> and I'm definitely not going to be asking people for money. So you go to God and you say, God, please help me with this bill. And you say, in Jesus' name, amen. You leave it there. Do you know how God that is going to answer that prayer? In that week or in that time after you've made that prayer, you're either going to see a new job advert and not like probably a full-time, but maybe like something part-time, but that is of that amount that you needed. Or um, you're going to have an idea that will bring you that money, which is probably offers you know, to help someone with something and it will be that figure. Or it can just be strange where your long-lost auntie just decided to call you today like, oh, how are you, my boy? I haven't seen you in such a long time. I just thought I wanted to give you a gift. Come and see me. And then you just be like, why am I going to this random auntie's house? And you even call your mom like, do you know the so-and-so person? Yes, she raised you. And I just and, and you're like, um, she said I should come to her house. Her vibe is not giving at all. Like, energy is off. I, I don't think I'm going there. <laughs> And then your mom is like, ah, oh, okay, I'll come along. Let's go. And then you go there and then she doesn't even give you the money immediately when you get there. You just sit and chat. And then in your head, you're like, is this auntie serious? Like, I got things to do, you know. I have a life. I've been sitting here for an hour drinking coffee and having cake and listening to old people talk. Like, <laughs> I need to go somewhere. And then she still doesn't give it to you. And when you say bye, she gives you an envelope and she's like, oh, I just, you know, I missed your birthday this year. And it's the exact amount that you asked for. So that is how God answers prayers. And I'll take it back to that situation with a bond. If you had gone back and prayed and say, God, why is this thing just not working out? The offer for the promotion would have probably come sooner. So in the time that you're frustrated, you've prayed and you're like, I'm trying to buy this house, but this house doesn't want me to buy it. 
a month later or a week later after you've prayed, you might get the promotion offer and then you'll be like, ah, so this is why the house wasn't coming. But that's my point. It's so important to get to know source, understand source and tap into it. And then I'm just going to go on the opposite just to respect everybody's religion for people that believe in energy. If you are trying to start a new project, trying to start a new business, try to register that company one million times, not working. Try to apply for funding, not getting the funding. Drew up the business plan. Business plan is absolutely rubbish. Try to get a venture capitalist, not working out. And then you get into a mindset where you're like, oh, maybe I'm just not worth, you know, this business. Or maybe I'm just not meant to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I'm just not good enough. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to keep on writing the same rubbish business proposals. Going to keep on, uh, you know, getting rejections for funding. Everyone that, that you talk to about your business is going to look at you like you are mad or you've lost your mind. And all your mates are just going to be like, mate, get a real job. That is what's going to happen. But if you flip it and you wake up one day and you're like, you know what? There's a reason why I have this desire to start this business. And there's a reason why I feel so strongly and so passionate about it is because it's something that is going to happen. And I'm going to get into a mindset where I say to myself, I'm not going to stress about this anymore. What I can do is let me find someone else to write this business plan. Clearly, I'm rubbish. So I'm going to find someone else to do it. And it can be any mate. Problem one solved. Number two, let me actually go into the bank and go and see a business consultant and ask them, why is my application being rejected? And then he will tell you, mate, you've given me financial records that look like you pulled them out of a washing machine. What is going on here? Problem number two solved. And then you now ask that banking consultant, okay, where is the best possible place for me to get funding for this particular business? And what's going to happen? They're going to tell you, okay, I think for this line of business, maybe approach so-and-so company or our bank provides so-and-so-so or we can give you this, this funding, but you will need collateral. Problem three solved. And then at the end of the day, everything just starts falling into place. Why? Because you've shifted the energy. You've shifted your mindset. You're no longer the victim. You're now into mode of, okay, I have this desire for, the re for a reason. The universe gave me this desire because it's telling me you're going to own a business one day. But I needed to get into a mindset where I actually believe that I'm going to own a business and I believe in myself and my capabilities and I'm actually following the correct steps. Because imagine, imagine having a rubbish business plan, having financial records that look like they were pulled out of a washing machine and everybody rejecting your loan requests and then your parents just give you a, a million pounds. Please tell me if that business is going to even be in business for a month or longer than a month. It's not. It's not going to work out. You will be out of business within a month because you clearly don't know what you're doing. So remember, sometimes the universe is helping you because it can see you're not prepared. You don't know what you're doing. And it's forcing you to actively get help. And in that way, you're also learning. So now you, you get your new business plan that is done perfectly and you compare it with yours and you're like, hey, mine was actually rubbish. <laughs> and this has happened to me as well. There was a time where I was trying to do something and I was just like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? So I asked, I actually paid someone to review my application and then they were just like, this is terrible. I remember what it is. I was a, it was a, a CV and she was an executive and she looked at my CV. She's like, I will never employ you. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, 
mate, you wouldn't even be on my short list. And I was like, what? And she's like, yes, your CV is horrible. <laughs> it's rubbish. And I was like, what? She's like, yes. <laughs> I don't know what is going on here. And she's like, what is this, this, this? And she's like, you know what? Um, I'll, so I'll, I'll fix it for you. Just send me your qualifications. I'll do it for you. And when I looked at the quality of what she did, I was like, I really didn't know what I was doing. But that taught me something. It taught me that sometimes you just don't know what you're doing. And sometimes resistance is forcing you to help yourself and to learn and to get into preparation mode. Because another thing also, source teaches us to outsource things. So God teaches, teaches you to outsource things because if you cannot outsource something, you can never be successful. And I'll give you an example. You cannot own a business if you cannot swallow your pride and ask for help. And I'll make an example of pride. You're writing a rubbish business plan. It's being rejected, but you cannot get up and go and ask a real business professional to actually write the plan for you that is qualified in that area. So what do you think is going to happen when you open your business and you have a problem? You're going to be too prideful and your business is going to shut down. But if you get into the mode of, okay, if I'm not good, good in something, there's someone else that is excellent at that thing. But I have to ask. I have to let down my guard. I have to let down my pride and I have to outsource things. The same with the universe. It's teamwork. If you're not thinking positively, if you're not actively helping yourself, if you're not actively going for your goals, if you're not actively seeking solutions, whatever you're desiring, it's not going to come. And this is not only business related. I'll make an example that I'm going to go into after this. If you feel, and, and guys, please don't take this the wrong way, but I'll, 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 I'll give an example of myself. So for a year, I think in 2019, before I came to the UK, I was just depressed. And I was in victim mode and I was like, oh, all these things happened to me. Oh, poor me, poor me. And oh, I'm so traumatized. Oh, these people did this to me. Oh my goodness. And why me? Why me? Uh -huh. Okay. Why me ended up being a whole year of why me? So I lost a whole year of why me because of why me i didn't work i didn't do anything all i just did was eat and sleep that's literally all that i did i think the only thing that probably kept me sane was working out <laughs> but i got to a point where i was like so for how long am i going to say why me and for how long am i going to stay in that victim mode and when i got out of that and i was like um yes i'm a victim things have happened but okay it's a year now move on girl like <laughs> <laughs> the people that have harmed you in some way have moved on and i'm sitting here in this just rut you know and this is why i'm saying i'm not being insensitive insensitive but sometimes you just need to pull yourself out and you're just like you know what okay cool i've gone through the most i'm not feeling okay but this does not have to be my permanent state of being and that is the power of source because I think I remember before I got to that point, there was just a day that I prayed and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. Like, I really don't feel good. I didn't feel like myself and I and I didn't like that nothing was happening in my life. And the next day I just woke up in a different mindset. I was like, okay, cool. This is what I've been through. Something is going to change and it's going to change today. And I was like, I need to help myself. And that's what I did. So that is the power of source. And you only get to that point when you actively try to study source when you tap into it and when you let your guard down and actually move away from situations and help yourself number three so now that you've discovered yourself you've discovered source you understand yourself you understand source you can now 
step into your season of healing. So healing is basically just acknowledging that, okay, I've been through this. I now need to move forward and I don't want to be in this situation ever again. And I need to heal so that my mind gets to a place where I can recognize a red flag and move away gracefully. Not like a, uh, like a tornado. <laughs> if someone speaks to you somehow and you're like, you know what? No, I'll, let, let me tell you something. No. <laughs> someone speaks to you some type of way. You're just like, hmm, this is not the energy that I need in my life. And you can actually now look at the person after they've insulted you and not you also say, let me tell you something. They've insulted you and you know what you're going to say? Okay. And you move on. You don't insult them back because why? You know that everything is energy. Whatever you give out will come back to you in some way. And imagine lowering your vibration because of someone else. Because if somebody can insult you, what is that saying about them? And if you insult them back, what is that saying about you? So if you don't insult them, it means that you've gotten to a place where you know yourself so much that you recognize that this is a trigger because maybe in your past you were verbally abused or emotionally abused or people just used to just disrespect you in all possible levels so that if someone insults you, you recognize it and you're like, hmm, this could potentially be triggering. I'm not about to deal with this. So you say, okay, person insulted you, you let them go gracefully. And the trick that I started doing to also help myself is when I recognize a triggering situation, I don't respond in that moment. I give myself 24 hours to respond. So if somebody insults me over the phone or text or whatever, or even in person, I'll say, okay, and let it go. I'll go and sleep on it because you know why? When you're triggered, you're not thinking straight and you're now angry about everything. Not only that one thing, because anything that triggers you will remind you of other things. <laughs> So even the level of rage that you were supposed to give back to that person might have been 10% and you'll be on a 100. <laughs> but the next day will be different because you slept, you've bathed, <laughs> you've eaten, you've laughed with your mates, you've probably hugged your, your person, you've, you've had some time to come back to your senses. <laughs> because when you're, when you're triggered, your brain goes on you know, a little journey. So you needed to come back <laughs> to the normal place. And then you can actually think about the situation. Then you can go and read that insulting text message again, but in a different tone. So you can get to a place where you can recognize and see, okay, this anger is not about me. This person is angry about something else. And I'll make a small example. In a relationship, sometimes you become each other's outlets. So friendships example, like the person that you're closest to is the person that you're most vulnerable with. So in a friendship, sometimes you have a best friend that you have for years and then you have a rubbish day and then your friend will call you and then you just answer the phone and be like, yeah, what do you want? And then your mate, because your mate knows you so well, they'll be like, bro, who hurt you? <laughs> because they recognize that this is not you. Do you get what I'm saying? But if that was someone else, they might have taken it the wrong way. Or your mate will just be like, I'll call you back tomorrow. And then you know what's going to happen? Your mate is probably going to text you and just going to be like, you know what, my guy, um, the way you spoke to me today was not on. And I don't think that should ever happen again. But I can see that something is happening and I'm here for you when you are ready to talk. And that is a healed response. A triggered response would have been like, excuse me, are you mad? What do you mean? What do you want? Do, do you know, like, excuse me, we've been best friends for, for 10 years. How can you ask me what do you want? <laughs> and this is why healing is so beautiful. 
And I also just need to say healing is nasty business because healing means that you need to sit with yourself and really cry about things. You really need to cry, guys. You need to put a, a schedule in your phone for a day that you cry. <laughs> it might sound crazy now, but trust me, you need to schedule crying because crying is a way to release things that you can't even speak of. And you need to force your mind to go back to the things that are painful because as human beings, we try to delete things. Because sometimes something will happen, you're like, oh, I'm not about to deal with that today. Nope, that did not happen at all. Bye. And you just delete it. <laughs> but you need to give your heart so much love to the point where you're like, okay, I've had a very, very, very hectic week. So on Sunday, I'm going to put on the saddest movie on TV. And I'm going to bore my eyes out when a very emotional part comes out. And after you cry, you're obviously going to ask yourself, why am I crying like this? <laughs> because the movie is not that sad. But it's because you've opened up your heart and your mind and you've said, okay, this was really not a nice week, man. Like I've just gone through the most, but I'm okay now. So then you can go take a bath, eat or whatever. And the next day you're good. But if you don't do that, you rob yourself a chance of healing and you rob yourself a chance of living a fulfilled and happy life. Because you know what I've realized? When you're carrying things in you, you project those things onto other people. And I'll give a small example. I think one that everybody experiences. Standing in a queue. What happens when you're standing in a queue and someone just cuts in front of you? When wh what do you think is going to happen? Excuse me, d can you not see that I'm standing here? Like, hello, like, hello. Ha do you, <laughs> you actually even, security, like, this person, that is an unhealed person. A healed person would just be like, you'll internalize your thought and you'll be like, this woman is crazy. Like, she literally just jumped the queue and like, can she not see that, you know, but you've internalized that thought and you've also just clocked that, okay, this person is not okay because... <laughs> An okay person would not do that. But you're not about to let that spoil your day. Just because someone cut in front of you. Or even if you're stuck in traffic. Why have road rage for someone else's misbehaving? So if someone cuts in front of you, obviously, yes, you're, you're aggravated because they can harm you. But also, are you going to let that spoil your whole day? I imagine being angry in the morning. So you left your house, zen, because you've meditated, you've had your breakfast, you've danced, you're listening to music in the car, you're listening to music on the bus or on the train, you know, you're in like your happy vibes. And then you go and fight with someone on the train, you argue with someone on the What do you think your day is going to look like? Absolute rubbish. But when you're healed, you recognize things that are meant to disturb your peace. So if you're sitting on the bus and someone just walks next to you and they just come and sit down and shove their bag in front of your face, you're just going to look, you, you'll give the person one look and that one look, they'll know that, mate, this is not on, you know? But then you just, or you, you know what I like doing <laughs> on the train? If someone just comes and just shoves me or whatever or puts their bag in or it just irritates me in some way, I'll remove my earphones, I'll pause and I'll look at the person up and down and put my earphones back in and go about my day. But that one look... And you know what happens? That person will just move their back. <laughs> move to another seat. <laughs> or in traffic, you know, you're driving and someone just cuts in front of you. Or And then you know what happens? Sometimes someone will cut in front of you and then you guys end up in, in, in a lane where you're next to the person. So an unhealed person will roll down the window and, you know, do, say a lot of things. <laughs> and say, listen here, let me tell you something. <laughs> or, or throw a hand symbol or two. 
But a healed person will increase the volume at the traffic light because you're not about to deal with somebody that left with whatever anger that they got from somewhere. And that is the power of healing. Like healing is just getting to a place where nobody can take you out of your vibe. And that is the power of healing. And that is why it's so important to schedule a cry. Schedule a cry, guys. Schedule a cry. Trust me on this one. Schedule a cry. And another way that you can actively heal that I number one recommend therapy, guys. There are different forms of therapies. For those that don't like talking, there is CBT. It teaches you how to regulate your emotions in certain situations and also teaches you your own triggers. Because sometimes you don't even know your own triggers until you're triggered. But if you get to know your triggers, you recognize them and you run away. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you see someone insulting you, you know this is a trigger and you're going to tell this person some things or you're going to give them the biggest slap of your life. When they insult you, what's going to happen? You walk away. So CBT will teach you those things. And um, talk therapy helps you release for those that like speaking. Journaling is a nice release because it's just you and your paper. You don't have to lie. You can put your darker secrets there <laughs> because you can burn the paper <laughs> when you're done. And another one is just scheduling a cry. I like doing it. Um, and I, I don't schedule a cry every week, guys. Please don't, don't, don't <laughs> take it the wrong way. I schedule a cry if I can see that hmm, this month has probably been just a bit funny. And I'm not myself. I'm not like my vibey, happy self. So I need to schedule a cry. And then I'll just go and I'll look for like the notebook or just some movie that will just make you so sad. And you're like, oh my goodness. And then I'll just cry because I know the tears are not for that movie because it's not that deep, guys. <laughs> it's for whatever I've been carrying. But that works. So schedule a cry, journal, CBT therapy, or talk therapy, or EDMR. EDMR is powerful because it lets you relive that situation so you can release it. But it's in a controlled environment. It's done by very high-level psychiatrists and it's a short form of therapy that is very effective. I think the only downside of EDMR is there's always a wait list unless you uh, just get a, you know an independent specialist or a private uh, psychiatrist to do it for you. But it's the, I think for me, probably the most effective form of therapy because it's short. You know, you don't have to spend it years. You don't have to talk about things it's it's not that deep you just the psychiatrist will take your subconscious mind back to that event that traumatized you you relive it again and then you release it and it's done it's gone it's like deleted from your mind because i think a lot of times why people are traumatized in these things is because they can't forget and i think the thing is you start resorting to other things to try to forget so and i'll name th the things alcohol drugs addictions um, various sexual partners a lot of things but once you heal you don't do those things because you'll be like this is mad behavior why on earth would i drink a six pack of beers every night <laughs> that's just mad and um yeah that's that's the power of healing and after that you've now built a relationship with yourself built a relationship with god with the source the universe of heaven you've healed you are now in control of your mind and now you can start forming healthy relationships. And this is where I'm going to jump in. You see, the thing is, once you know yourself so well, you become secure in who you are. You're not bothered by rejection. You're not bothered whether someone leaves you. You're not bothered by someone cutting you off. Why? Because you don't need them to feel secure. You're secure in yourself. 
and you know that you know what I'm an amazing person I'm an amazing friend I'm an amazing girlfriend or whatever if this person feels that I'm not good enough please let them leave me today so that they can find the best for themselves because I would want them to find the best for themselves and I wouldn't want to hold on to someone that doesn't think that I'm the best because why wouldn't why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to be with someone that thinks you are the best and I'll make a small example cheating in relationships so if you're dating a guy and that guy cheats on you what is that guy telling you he's telling you that I love you but I think they're still better or there's something in you that I don't like and I've clocked that I don't like this thing in you but because I'm a very selfish person I'm not going to dump you I'm going to look for that very thing that I'm that I'm missing in someone else and just keep all of you guys together friendships the same people categorize friendships now if you have a friend who never invites you to anything but only calls you when they have a problem what are they telling you you're not their mate you're a resource center that is what you are because they only know you when they need a resource and what is that a resource center you don't need that and how you get to that point is this is another exercise that I'll give you take a piece of paper on that paper you write and I'll talk about relationships what is it that you really want in a partner and please don't go put their lamborghini and they must they must earn a million pounds and they must be uh you know a ceo of whatever company <laughs> or some famous musician no guys <laughs> because accolades disappear over time and you'll still be stuck with the person so you need to write character traits how people treat you um those are the things you write on the piece of paper so the character traits how they treat you how they speak to you uh, um how you want them to nurture you and just what you want out of the relationship if you could build a perfect partner in characteristics what would that be and on the other side you now write the lamborghini the million pounds and all of these things that you are saying and now after this exercise you look at that list and ask yourself are you these things really because if you're saying okay you want a a guy that's tall six pack millionaire drives a lamborghini lives in some estate uh, and is the sweetest guy he has integrity he's god fearing is you know he's he's family orientated he's got morals he's he's funny and all of that are you those things do you have integrity are you kind do you have morals you know do you spend an hour in the gym every day in order to have a six pack and if the answer is no to those things then that's an answer and then you just apply that exercise to other things the same with friendships write a list characteristics but on the other side you're not going to put the material things you're going to put the kind of support that you need from your friends because that is the purpose of the friend. A friend is someone that was there for you through everything. So if you want a friend that you can always spend time with and I mean time for example just talking to the person or someone that will attend events with you or someone that will correct you when you're wrong or someone that will speak wisdom into your life that is support. So on that back side you write this is the kind of support that I need from a friend and on the front side you write a characteristic. Now this is the trick. Are you that kind of friend? 
do you support your friend? Do you actually attend your friend's birthdays, baby showers, graduation parties? And do you actually go there with a gift? Or do you just go there to show face and to eat people's food? Do you actually answer the phone when your friend calls you? Do you tell your friend the truth as to why you can't make their dinner date? Or do you lie and say that someone died in your family? That's why you've cancelled the dinner. It's a lie. <laughs> you know you're lying. Or if you say, uh, that might have sounded insensitive, or you probably say, oh, you're feeling sick. You are not sick. You are sitting in your bed, watching, catching up on the series because you've had a bad day. So until you become the things that you desire, you will have an issue in every relationship and every friendship. I can guarantee you that 100%. Every person that you see now that has a successful relationship has gone through these four processes that I've listed. Has gone on a self-discovery journey. They have a relationship with themselves first. They're securing themselves. They have a relationship with source. So either positive mindset, which is manifestation or God and praying and all these things. They've healed from their, their trauma, so they don't project their things onto you. And they actually make informed, you know, good-hearted decisions, not because they're carrying pain. And so they can now choose good partners, and they also attract good partners because they have become what they want. And also another thing is, sometimes we want so many things, but are these things the right things for us? And this is why I go back to the very first point. When you really know yourself, you need to ask yourself, what kind of friends do I actually need? What kind of people do I want in my life? Because we're not going to be 28 and 30 and 21 and 33 for the rest of our lives. A time is going to come when you're going to need your friends to back you. And I, and I mean back you in a way where you're 40 years old, your child is graduating, you've got a board meeting that you cannot reschedule because... Um, all the executives from around the globe have chosen to come on the day that your son is graduating. So you now need your friend who's been in your life actually for years that has a relationship with your child. And I don't mean like a weird relationship, but that your child actually knows that they have a bond and that can go and sit at that graduation until you're done with your meeting so that your child doesn't feel alone. That is friendship. Friendship is family. So if you do not know yourself, you can't choose appropriate people for you. And another thing also, it's not only about the positive side, also the negative side. You also sometimes need to recognize that I'm not the right person for these people. I'm not in a good headspace to be this person's friend. They deserve better. And sometimes as human beings, we also need to do that. We need to sit and evaluate honestly. I know I'm not giving myself the, I'm not giving this person the best version of me. And you need to be able to tell that person, you know what? I think we need to go on a break or we need to break up because I need to go spend time with myself because I'm not okay. It's not about you. I love you, but I want to give you the best because you are, you know, an absolute angel. You don't deserve what I'm giving you. The same with friendships. Sometimes you need to sit with your friends and tell them that my guy or my babe, like for the next six months, I can't be there for you. I'm not always going to take your calls and you have a valid reason. I'm working on my dissert uh, dissertation. I'm starting a new business or I've gotten into a new relationship and I would really like to give that my energy or I've just, you know, uh, maybe had a baby. But you will only be able to be vulnerable with real people and when you are real to yourself because then you can actually have a conversation and say, you know what, this is coming so I can't support you in the way that you need. Or also you recognizing that your friend is going through something so they're not being funny towards you. They're not ignoring you. They just can't. And that is the power of 
self-discovery you 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 don't project your needs onto others and you're not selfish so i'll make an example you know you know this this whole there's this whole new quote um yeah we cutting everybody off and i'm cutting off these people in the new year or you know by you know felicia or whatever whatever these things that we tell that we say to each other because and you know we say these things because the person hasn't answered your your call person hasn't replied to your message a uh, person didn't show up for your birthday and you feel okay um who does this person think they are you know by felicia no have you ever actually even sat down for one minute and asked yourself we've been ma- mates for 10 years all of a sudden this guy is not taking my calls or if he calls or if he takes my calls a call is short he's not replying to my messages in the way that he normally replies he's not showing up for my birthday and he likes partying so is my friend going through something should i maybe not call my friend but just say you know what may let me take you out for dinner or can i come to your house and then you sit down with your friend and you're like i can see that for the past month you've just not been yourself are you going through something or have i done something because not everybody is extroverted to the point where they can say i'm not happy with this but you can only get to that point when you know yourself and when you know who you are to the point where you can recognize that someone's behavior towards you is not always about you and you can sit down and just say i'm here for you and in that moment your friend will probably open up and be like oh they're having financial problems or issues in their relationships or they're de- depressed because sometimes people will be so depressed they can't even help themselves but we are so stuck in the selfish mindset where everything is about us they're not answering my calls why didn't he like my picture on instagram why didn't he comment on my picture you know why didn't he come to my birthday he came to my birthday and he was like guys everybody is going through something and sometimes we just need to be loving and give people more love and grace and just be who we also would need in that same situation imagine you being depressed at your lowest moment and you get a bible and what i mean a bible you know those long messages that we like sending people on whatsapp listen here let me tell you something i've been trying to call you for so and so weeks if you don't want to be my friend and what is that why can't you send a message that that same message in a loving way and say that i'm actually concerned because you, we used to be cool like this but you're different is everything okay do you need me and that will make such a big difference and i think this specific thing that i just mentioned now will help in all relationships and i think a thing that i've also noticed is people date and reverse the process you don't begin dating and then get to know the person it doesn't work that way this is why relationships don't work out in our generation we rush things we have to form a friendship because this is why friends end up marrying each other and dating each other because they know each other they've seen you in every possible state they've seen you when you are hungry when you've had a few when you are acting like you're you've lost your mind <laughs> when you are stressed when you are happy but because they've seen you in all this they still love you and that is pure love that is love that is what we should be giving in in relationships and we can only give that when we form a friendship so one tip that i'll give When you meet someone new, give yourself 3 months to form a friendship with that person. The same way you meet a colleague. You don't tell that colleague your whole life story on day 1 because you don't know the person. You don't know if they're going to report you to HR. You don't tell your colleague on on day 1 that oh I called in sick but it's because you've had a long night out and you only came home 6 in the morning. <laughs> Not doing that. That's how you treat a relationship. Form a friendship. 
observe don't date observe because once you observe you get into you learning the person and once you learn the person you know how to love them you can't love someone if you don't learn them because your love language is not theirs and if something is happening you would know that you know this person's behavior that's why we have more uh, how can i say our friendships last years compared to our relationships our romantic relationships why you know your friend you know if you call your friend today and they don't answer you don't send them a whole emotional message and say yeah go back to tumbuktu and all that no <laughs> you don't even care you because you know your friend you know that they'll either call you the next morning or they'll rock up at your house or you'll, you'll talk to each other the next day or they'll send you a dm because you know your mate you know it's not about you or you'll be like ah oh, they're probably with your girlfriend or whatever you have an excuse for them because you know your person now imagine if you're dating someone and they don't answer the phone You've been calling your man for an hour and he's not answering the phone. Please tell me what uh, what we do in our day and age. Let me tell you what we do in our day and age. So I'll start with the ladies first. I'll go to the men after. You call your boyfriend once. Doesn't answer the phone. You call him. Okay, I'll make an example. You call you call them on on normal call. Doesn't answer. Okay. What is the second thing you're going to do? Go to WhatsApp and see whether he's online. Mhm. Cuz you want to know is he ignoring you? Or what is going on? You see, he's not online. Okay, cool. He's not ignoring you. What are you going to do next? Go on Instagram to go see if he's posted a story because what is ignoring you? And then you know what happens now. You've called your man on his phone. You've FaceTimed him. You've WhatsApp called him. You've now also Instagram called him because you have now lost your rational thought process. Instead of asking yourself, I've called this guy once. He's not answering. This is my boyfriend that loves me. Why would he ignore me? He's not answering for a reason. And sometimes it's the most mundane reasons. Sometimes you're in the shower and your phone is in your bedroom. Sometimes you're at uni and the phone is on silent. Sometimes you're at work and, you know, some client, you know, probably your top client, whole software is off and you just have to drop everything. So if you know that your person loves you, why on earth would they re- ignore you? Why don't you just call once and leave a message and say, okay, and say hi babe um please call me back or explain why you were calling them and wait for them to get back to you why send the person a bible and after you cuz you know what us ladies like doing you call your man on a few times not answering then you send him a whole long message telling him to go back to tumbuktu and to go and enjoy whichever woman that he's with and then we don't end it off there you go and post some cryptic tweet that and and what is our favorite one <clears throat> let me think of a funny one it's funny how uh, people change Six months down the line, it's funny how, <laughs> or you go find some re- relatable quote on Instagram. People really begin to reveal themselves after three months. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> the person, maybe the person is even dying, <laughs> and you went to go put some cryptic stuff. Why do we do such things? But if it was your mate, you will never do that to your friend. If you call your friend they don't you won't do that. You won't even your thought process won't even go there. You just you call your friend once and then you'll actually sometimes you even send a voice note with what is going on. You'll be like, "Mate, you won't believe what's happening." But this can only happen when you form a friendship. And then I'll go back to the men. Let me tell you what men do. You see, men are very strategic. And men are not emotional. That's why when you're dating a guy, they're certain hours that he calls you and do you know why your boyfriend will call you at those particular hours because those are the hours that he knows you would definitely answer the phone and do you know why men don't like rejection so your man will know your schedule even if he doesn't tell you 
He knows what time you wake up. He knows what time you get home. He knows what time your lunch break is. He knows what time you're on your phone. He knows what time you post your little Instagram quotes. And I don't mean little, but I just mean like you, you, you do your social media rounds. He knows what time you're probably at the gym. So he's going to call you in the moments that he knows you are with your phone. That's why men never call you in, in two, at two in the morning. Because there's a possibility that you might not answer the phone and he's not about to try to find out. But he will call you bef- just before you sleep. So if your man knows that you sleep at 10 p.m., he'll call you at 9. Why? Because he knows that you're in bed on your phone and there's no way that you can ignore him. And if you ignore him, th- there must be a very good explanation as to why not answering because he knows you. And this is why men don't send women threats. They don't tell you to go back to Tumbuktu or go, go continue talking to whomever, whatever man you are with. Because that's what we tell them. Yeah, you're not answering my call, so go and hang out with that girl. <laughs> men don't do that. Your man will call you once. If you don't answer, he leaves it there. Or he will text you. <laughs> He'll be like, I'm in the store. I'm trying to get this. Uh, you send me to go get pizza. This pizza is not available. Can you give me a different flavor? Because they're strategic. They know. And you know what, what, what one, thing, one thing men do? When they see a pattern after a while, they just X you. Men don't do repetitiveness. If a man calls you at a particular time all the time or in your schedule and he knows you very well, you don't pick up his call. So you always have a, an excuse and he picks up that mm, something is going on. You know what that guy's going to do? He's not going to dump you. He's going to give you a behavior that will force you to dump him. So he will answer your calls less, give you shorter replies, have an excuse when you want to see him. And even if he comes and sees you, he, he will be irritable. Why? Because men don't dump you until they've secured the next uh, candidate. Why? Men love security. And that's how men, men do it. Unless you've really triggered a man to a point where he's like, nah, I'm not dealing with this. Then you'll be gone today. Like, <laughs> men are so unforgiving. <laughs> if you take a man to a point where you've really triggered him to a point where he's like, I'm not dealing with this anymore, he will dump you even if he doesn't have another girl. But that's how men operate. They, they are strategic. And men learn you so they know. And sometimes your man will even call you and, and you won't answer. And then in his head, he will tell himself, oh, she's at the gym. Oh, she's in class. He even knows your university schedule. He'll be like, oh, she probably has this class. Why? Because he learned you. And how does this happen? He took time to study you. And how did he get time to study you when he was pursuing you? Because he was trying to find out how he's going to get you to like him. And he can only get you to like him if he knows who you are and what to trigger in you to show that love to him. And in that way, he formed a friendship with you subconsciously. And this is how you navigate a friendship and any relationship. Get to know people. Observe and find out what it is that you actually want in a partner and f- get to know yourself because once you know yourself and once you know what you want in a partner and once you've become that g- you 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 start creating KPIs for people you guys know what you everyone knows what a KPI is <laughs> KPI is your <laughs> performance record so we've been seeing somebody for 3 months go and evaluate them how do they make you feel how is your lifestyle improved when this person has come into your life? How is your mindset? Uh, have you become more insecure? Have you become more loving? Do they make you feel loved? Do they make you feel safe? And, and go back to that list. The list that you made of things that you want. Did they pass? Because I normally give people a score of 80%. I don't actually think I should have actually been said that on, <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but I have a list. Don't make 80%. Sorry. 
And I'm sure guys do the same thing. Every man has a criteria in his head and he will never tell you. And you see the way a man's head operates is a man will only leave you when he sees something in you he doesn't like. And he's not willing to compromise in that thing. I'll give one example. One thing that really ticks men off. Um, <clears throat> and, and this I've seen through my own situations. Men don't like women that are easily accessible. But he's not going to tell you that. So, and, and easily accessible doesn't mean you, you getting intimate on the first date and all. That's not easily accessible. Your behavior around him. How do you behave when he takes you out with him, with his friends, and he brings uh, uh, another friend that earns twice as much as him and is hotter than what he is? How do you behave in those settings? That is how a man evaluates you. And that is, those are the certain things. And with women, it's the same. Every woman has a criteria in her head. When she looks at a guy, there are certain things that she really won't compromise on. And what will happen, she'll just move away or always have an excuse. Oh, can I take you out to dinner? I'll let you know. She'll never let you know. Because <laughs> when a woman likes you, she'll have time for you. But if a woman starts, I'll let you know. Or I'll get back to you. Or call me. You know what, what the deal is. But you can only get to that point in your life. You know yourself. You know your source. You've healed. And you now know what you actually want. And you've become what you want. And you become the best version of yourself. And you know in your mind and your heart you deserve the best. And when you see what isn't the best, you let it go and you release it. And not in a bad way. You don't have to send the person some essay of everything that's wrong with them. No. You, have, you, you go out for dinner and you just say, you know what? I really want to get married in about a year or two or three or four or five years. And I just don't think we are the right fit for each other. Because there are certain things that I would like to have, you know, in my life. And I don't think that either you can give me those things or I can give you those things. So I think it's just best for us to part ways. And maybe life will maybe bring us together at a different time when you're at a different stage in, in your life. Or I, we just might meet people that are right for us. And it won't be emotional. You see, that's why, you know, sometimes people don't understand HR. People don't understand how people can fire somebody and feel nothing. It's because HR works with KPIs. If they fired you, it's because you've reached the last straw. You've done everything possibly wrong. You violated every possible policy of the company for them to delete you from their company. That's why HR people are not emotional. So even if they tell you you've lost your job and you cry, they're not firing you. It's because you yourself have fired yourself. So if you steal at work, what is going to happen? You are gone, mate. Not tomorrow. <laughs> the moment HR discovers that you've stolen, security is on their way to your office to collect your laptop and you are out. <laughs> You'll come back to that building when you have your hearing. Sometimes your hearing won't even be in the same building. It will be at some uh, recruitment company's office. Same with uni. A fight breaks out, you are gone in that moment. <laughs> Not later. And that is how life should be. If you can see that this partner is emotionally abusive, talk to you some type of way, don't treat you well, make you become anxious, make you question yourself, why are you holding on to them? What is it in you that is not letting that go? So once you know yourself, it's easy to recognize and see that, okay, this is not the right fit for me and I'm not the right fit for them and you can move on. And also, once you also know yourself, it's easy for you to see behaviors in other people, patterns. I'll make an example because Valentine's Day is approaching next week. 
Now you've had a fight with your partner today and you know Valentine's Day is next week. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be a victim and you're like, yeah, okay. Say so they're not talking to me, fine, I don't care. Okay, cool, don't care. And then next week you don't get anything for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Good luck, mate. <laughs> but if you're healed, you're grown, you're your best possible self. You're like, I love my person too much to spend Valentine's Day by myself. So I can, I can actually park this anger and we will deal with it another time. Or simply just go and deal with it. Just say, call your, call your partner, where are you? And, and most of the time, you know when you've had a fight? So the first se 10 seconds of the call are the most awkward. So you answer, the phone rings. Da -da -da -da. Hello? And then the person that's angry is like, <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then now you're like, you don't know what to say. So it's like, hi, mm-hmm. How are you? I'm fine. Another awkward silence. And then you're like, so how was school? Fine. Wow. And then you head, you're like, okay. <laughs> and then you're like, so how was your day? Fine. <laughs> but in that moment, that's when you let your pride go. And you're like, okay, um, can I see you? Why? I bought you something. Even if you didn't buy something, just lie. <laughs> Because you want to see your person or buy something, you know, come up with something. And I don't mean lie in a sense of manipulate, but like, say I bought you something. And even if you didn't buy something, I'm going to go and buy something. You don't show up there empty handed. And buying anything could have been a, a box of chocolate and flowers that you picked up at Wiltrose or something, you know. It doesn't have to be a grand whatever. And then you'll see the person will calm down a bit. Because when they heard, when, they, when people hear gifts and buying, they forget that they're angry. Oh, okay, yes, yes, I'm at home. <laughs> I'm there, come on. <laughs> and then you go and discuss your matter. And if you don't do that, it's impossible for you to move from a relationship to marriage because that is marriage. Marriage is, is taking on a matter head on and forgiveness and just letting your pride go. Because why is it that when your mate is angry, you can call your mate and be like, mate, you are going to talk to me today. I don't care whether you're angry with me. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> That's why even if your friend is angry with you, they will still come to your birthday. You guys will probably have it out, have a row and still enjoy your party or go have a row outside and then hug each other after. And or you ask your friend, why are you acting crazy, bro? <laughs> are you OK, why can't we do that in our relationships? Why can't we just learn to unpack things and talk about things and let things go and move forward? Where is pride taking us? But we only get to this point when you've gone through the five processes that I've mentioned, which are number one, relationship with yourself, getting your mindset right, relationship with God or source, energy, what you believe in, healing your trauma. Then you now step into your best version and you deal with things head on. And, you know, these don't these tips that I said, they don't only apply to relationships and friendships. You see, once you know yourself, you will never have a, a, a long standing problem in your life. Because when you know yourself, you know that anything that's been sitting on your mind for too long is going to affect you. So if you know you, there's a bill that you can't pay, you're not going to run away from it. You're not going to take the post that comes and throw it in the bin. The bill is not going to disappear. You're going to call that company and you're going to be like, okay, I would like to make an arrangement. I, I know I owe you guys £1,500. My monthly repayment is normally £500, but I can only do 100 for this month because there's a situation. Is that possible? They're not going to say no to your money. They might say, okay, cool, but we'll put your credit card on hold then until you then get back to your normal payment. 
But that is a mindset because if something happens, you sort it out today. If you know that you've had such a bad day that you cannot submit an assignment, you're not going to come up with all these lies and then miraculously submit your assignment the next day because, oh, the, oh, the power only went off in your house. <laughs> the Wi-Fi miraculously stopped working at 12 midnight when you're supposed to. But no, you're going to get up and go to your lecturer that morning and be like, ma'am, my mental health today is on 100. I'm not okay. I need a day to regroup. I can't think straight. I can't even type. I can't produce. I can't do anything. Please give me an extension. And if I must, I'm going to see the GP. Can I give, get you a doctor's letter to say that I've gone to the GP because I don't feel okay? Problem solved. Move on. And, it, it, and, and that also helps you deal with rejection fast. Because if you go to your lecturer and they say, no, I'm not giving you an extension. What, are you, what is the next step that you're going to do? You're not going to argue back and forth with your lecture. You make another plan. Go to the HOD. But you don't go to your HOD empty-handed. You go to the GP first, get a letter, and come back to the HOD and say, okay, I've been to my lecturer or my tutor. They're, I've asked for an extension because I'm not okay. I can't think straight. I can't do an assignment if I can't think straight. Here's a letter. Please grant me a two-day extension or a day extension. It will be submitted first thing tomorrow morning or the next day or whatever. Problem solved. And... Knowing yourself gives you so much confidence and you know how to deal with rejection because once you can clock rejection, you're unstoppable. Because you see, if you're in a victim mindset and your lecturer says no, you'll be like, excuse me, let me tell you something. This is not your mother's school and <laughs> how, like, and then you, you, you actually pick a fight and cause all, no. When you're healed, your tutor says, no, I'm not going to grant you a second. You say, okay, ma'am, thank you. You leave her office. You go back home and regroup and think of another plan. Buy the assignment if you must. <laughs> but that's that's what it is. Or if someone dumps you, you sit down, you cry, you sit in your emotions, you deal with your heartbreak and you give yourself time to get over that person and then you get into a new relationship. And if you're in a career field and something is not clicking, you're not going to quit that, that, that career. You're going to go find someone that is successful in that field. You're going to talk to them. You're going to ask them, can I, can I please meet you? I need some career guidance. When you go and meet them, you tell them, I've tried everything. My career is just not working out. And then they'll give you, they'll give you advice or guidance. Move on. So that is the power of all of these things. And it's going to help you. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to become unstoppable. And you're going to step into your most calmest era. I tell you guys, I am so calm. It actually scares people. It's, it, it, and <laughs> some of my mates and... <laughs> probably exes listening when someone insults me on a message do you know what i reply okay i don't say anything back if i'm in a situation and and someone is just rude to me i say okay or nothing i just look at the person and, and move on i never give back and forth why it's not worth my energy i'm not lower, lowering my vibration for someone else unless it's a, a situation where i have to stand up for myself but how i stand up for myself is not in the same energy so if someone insults me in a way where I feel this is a bit, you know, disrespectful or this is in a, in a situation where I, I'm not going to take that. I'll look at the person. I'll be like, you're not going to speak to me like that. Number one, in this tone. And number two, I'm not going to continue this conversation because I'm not going to deal with someone who cannot respect me. Then I leave. Then I stood up for myself, but I stayed in my power and in my energy. And if it's a text message, I'll reply after 24 hours. Why? Because... When I'm calm and I can think properly, number one, I might receive that message differently because I'm not angry. And number two, I will know how to express myself in a calm tone. So if someone insults me, 
I won't reply in that moment. If I feel like I have to say something, it will be okay. Or it will be God bless you. And you know what that will do? It will make the person more angry. And then you know what I'll do? Say nothing. <laughs> because that's the point. You can't come and insult me and then you just expect your day to be rosy. No, I'm not giving you what you want. So you come here and you tell me, yeah, listen here, let me tell you something. You are this and this. And I say, okay, cool. And then they're obviously more aggro because they're like, why are you not fighting back? And then they'll say something and then I'll say, God bless you. Oh, I wish you a wonderful day. Have a lovely day. Take care. I wish you all the best in your life. This, that person is going to like, I think the anger level is going to reach 1 million. <laughs> and then the next day, then that is when I'll respond. And I'll start with good day. I hope you've had a good day. I'm not happy with the way you spoke to me yesterday and that is unacceptable to me because I'm a very respectable person and I've not given you any reason to speak to me in that manner. And if you want us to have a friendship or relationship, you're going to have to work on that. You're going to have to work on your conflict resolution skills and you're going to have to be able to express your anger to me in a calm way or explain why you feel some type of way. And if you can't meet me there, this friendship or relationship cannot continue, unfortunately. That's it. And then that person would have also now come back to their senses because they would have now realized, I shouldn't have said that. And they would probably realize that before you even say something. And they'll be embarrassed because the next morning when you wake up and you and you read the rubbish that you sent, <laughs> you're going to ask yourself, what on earth was, was I thinking? And then they're going to apologize. And they're going to say, you know what, I was out of line actually. Or I actually just had a bad day. I'm sorry. Problem solved. Move on. But do not ever step into people's negative energies. But you can only do that when you know yourself. And when you're healed because you're calm and you're like, I've got things to do, goals to reach, money to make. Someone lowers my vibration, now my day is gone. Because imagine if you're on the way to school, you're on the way to work, you're on the way to the gym, you're on the way to a presentation and someone ruins your day. What energy are you walking into? Whatever you had planned for the day. But terrible energy. Even if you don't say anything, your mood is off. Because if you fight with someone first thing in the morning or just before you have to do some, something important, you can't think straight. So just, guys, never ever stoop to anyone's energy. And another thing, this I think is going to be the last nugget because I think I've been talking for such a long time. It's important to find self-help tools for different situations. And I'm going to give a few self-help tools. If you realize that you're always angry when you do things or you're always ir easily irrita irritable, take magnesium and vitamin D. It takes your, your brain to a very calm, calm place. If you realize that you become irritable and rude because you always feel tired, take vitamin B. And if you realize that you can't get things done because you just feel like the world is on top of your shoulders, take, take a walk. Go and sit in the park. Hug a tree if you must. Just use those little remedies. And I'll repeat that again. Magnesium and vitamin D if you feel that you're always angry or your mind is playing Jedi mind tricks on you. Always feel tired? Take vitamin B. If you feel just that all the, the world is on top of your shoulders, go to your local park. Go and sit there in silence. Watch the kids play. Go and sit on a, on, on, on a swing. Go and sit on the swing actually. Enjoy it. Play. <laughs> it will help. And that's it for today, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your uh, errands, your evenings, your mornings, your whatevers. And I hope you guys have taken something out of what I've said today. 
And next week, we'll be back with some more nuggets, some more processes, some more exercises. And yeah, thank you for tuning in, guys. Please don't forget to subscribe on Spotify. And yeah, it's going to be an amazing ride. Bye.